0: And we are live. Well, data data storytellers. I have Jean Francois Del Don here with me, who is an entrepreneur and data leader over at Michelin. And uh, we are going to have an exciting discussion. Jean Francois, welcome on the show.
1: Thanks. Welcome.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So Jean-François, you uh, are an entrepreneur and data leader at Michelin, um, which can mean a lot of different things. So first of all, can you just make a quick introduction into what you actually do over at the uh, iconic French tire manufacturer? And what does that actually mean? What is your entrepreneurial effort there? And what does it mean to be a data leader in your position?
1: Yes. Uh, so uh, as you said, I'm entrepreneur and data leader. It's really two separate roles. Uh, the first one that is entrepreneur, is really about developing new businesses for machine. Uh, and it's an interesting part because, you know, you jump into the, the place of a startupper, uh, kind of that, and you try to build something from scratch. Uh, using and leveraging, of course, all of the possibilities uh, of a big group like Michelin uh, to be able to go faster and to develop new activities. Uh, in my situation, it's something about taste, about gastronomy, uh, a kind of extension of uh, the good uh, pleasures that we try to to push to people when they go to see a restaurant. Uh, We try to see what we can do in other places uh, and if we can help people to have great experiences about taste in their everyday life. And the interesting part is that we are looking at digital and data and what they can bring to the consumers, to the food professionals and so on to help them to leverage uh, everything about taste uh, in their experiences. Uh, So that's the first part about being an entrepreneur. And a data leader uh, is in fact that in Michelin, I'm leading the natural language processing uh, community group at the group level, uh, helping the businesses to uh, identify their use cases, to identify the solutions to uh, solve their use cases, but also acting on the technical side to help the data science teams and so on to identify what are the key resources they need to have uh, and the resources they need to uh, Push uh, put on the NLP part to be able to uh, push all the value uh, needed for Michelin. Okay, now th-
0: that sounds really exciting, especially because what you just articulated on one side, it's all about experience, it's all about. Uh, you know being part of something that's super high cognition like the michelin star you know it's associated with the with that premium feel and then uh so on one hand you have the experience and the and the, and the customer and then on the other you have something that sounds highly technical like natural language processing and all that <laughs> stuff so How do these two come together in your role? What is the association? If you could talk about that a little bit, that'd be fantastic because one thing that we always like to explore is the connection between the business, technology, and people
1: and how to make data more human as well. Yes, that's really the interesting part and the important part when you are trying to leverage data uh, as an industry. It's really to connect all those parts. Uh, The place where it uh, takes all this importance is really about how do you get for something like experience? Experience can be, of course, the Michelin stars, but at Michelin more widely, we look at it for the customer experience, for people buying tires, for our distributors, our dealers all over the world, uh, where we collect the messages and so on. And we try to identify uh, through the messages and uh, everything they give us, uh, what do they really feel about interaction with Michelin or about what they are being given as an experience. Uh, And this is particularly something that uh, a place where finally we pushed all the technology in there. It means that When people are giving you feedback on an experience, it's always difficult to identify what do they really feel about it and what are the keys that provoke this feeling. Uh, Of course, you can give them a notation, a mark to be put. Uh, Do you like it or not? Uh, Would you recommend uh, to a friend or colleague uh, this kind of experience? This is easy to, uh, to interpret. But the most interesting part is most often uh, relying in the open text where people express why. Uh, and this really needs uh, artificial intelligence and data to be leveraged. Uh, that's for sure a place where natural language processing takes all its place by identifying the topics, by identifying the sentiments, uh, by identifying sometimes the intents of people, uh, is there a churn or not, or something like that. To be able to take concrete actions after that, uh, meaning selling, sending a representative to the store, uh, it can be, uh, uh, you know, uh, taking care of what consumers says about us identified a potential uh, insight about what they would expect from a tire for their experience in restaurants and so on uh, at a very wide level uh, even about connecting mobility how people uh, are moving today uh, these are things that you can uh, analyze through experience analytics uh, and that can drive you to uh, let's say either improvement of your ongoing offers or creation of new offers and activities Hmm. So
0: experience analytics. So that sounds super exciting. What actually landed you in this role? So if you could just talk a little bit about the evolution of what you've been doing over at Michelin, maybe even before Michelin. So what brought you to the data world? And how are you
1: now occupying such a such an exciting position? So, in fact, I started at Michelin uh, 10 years ago uh, in uh, numerical science. Uh, I did a civil engineering school with math and computer sciences. And uh, when I came to Michelin, it was to develop numerical tools for tire designers. Uh, so that was my first role in R&D. Uh, that was also super exciting because you tried to simulate uh, what the tire will really, uh, how we will react uh, yeah, during several situations and so on, before creating them and testing them. So it's trying to save money uh, at, the, uh, at the early stage. Uh, and then at some point, I wanted to discover more how worked a big company like Michelin, uh and I switched totally different role uh, in internal audit, uh, but in data in, in the, for internal audit, which was really interesting because internal audit works for all the companies. So you had the, uh, I had the opportunity to work for industry, for commerce, for marketing, for a lot of possibilities, identifying the r- underlying risks of the activities and trying to put data behind it. Uh, When I came, it was to be a data analyst first. uh, And I soon uh, considered and understood that doing proof of concepts was good, but not enough. Uh, So I started to talk to my teams, to my managers. Uh, I think that we should invest more in strategy and culture so that everyone can understand what they can do. uh, To have maybe a network of people, of analysts. Sometimes now we call it citizen data scientists or citizen data analysts. Uh, but this kind of network of people that are aware of what we can do with data, uh, and that can be the relays, the local relays of data. Uh, and when I started working on that, a few months after, I've been uh, appointed uh, digital and data transformation leader uh, for internal audit, internal control, customer centricity, and quality for Michelin, uh, so one of the big entity of, of Michelin. Uh, and the interesting part of that is that as a, I had customer centricity, uh, in that role also, I could really starting, start to work on experience, uh, because, uh, Michelin has started a switch that was before, you know, uh, uh the quality was more the product quality. I mean, we really wanted, uh, tires that were perfect, operations that were perfect and so on. Uh, now we want, Good operations and good experiences, and I would say perfect experiences. So we switch from zero default quality, from the product standpoint, to 100% uh, satisfaction from experience standpoint for our uh, for our customer. At least it's our goal. Uh, meaning that for if I give a, a quick example, uh, when you look at supply chain and so some some entities like that, uh, key indicators are often uh, 100% uh, on time deliveries. Uh, which is difficult to, to attain. Uh, whereas when you are looking to customer satisfaction, uh, sometimes you have customers that do not totally want 100% on time delivery because they could bear if they are, have some delays and so on. So the question is more, what are the kind of delays that you can accept customer by customer so that our experience score based on the on-time delivery is good. This is just a quick example, but working on customer centricity, we started to question a lot of questions like that, and to answer them, we had to put a lot of data analytics in uh, to identify what in the experience was important uh, and to analyze the customer messages, all the feedbacks we had. That's how we started the NLP process, uh, NLP, uh, let's say, journey. Uh, so we started with that. Uh, as I was one of the first uh, in Michelin to start NLP uh, projects, and uh, I really like to share experiences, and I think it's the basis of uh, improvements and to go faster and quicker and easier on these kind of topics. I had a lot of people from other entities saying, okay, I want to join this group uh, to be able to go further on it. Uh, And it turned out that at the same time at Michelin, uh, an entity called Artificial Intelligence Transformation Factory has been created uh, and was hosting something called Guilds, which were groups of people acting on some uh, topics like computer vision and so on. So I created the one on natural language processing and became the leader of it uh, with a little difference uh compared to the others that is i really wanted to uh, mix people from business and people from the technical data side uh, so really in this guild both are there to be able to talk at the same time of the needs and of the potential solution uh so i did that uh, it worked well we are progressing we are trying to improve in culture and strategy on that field for Michelin, And a few months ago, I've been uh, proposed the role in entrepreneurship that I found very interesting for two reasons. The first one is that it really helps to confront to business uh, business side, which is a uh, key when you're doing data. So I really wanted to have that experience uh, for myself. Uh, and the second one is, of course, it can leverage a lot of digital and data experience that I accumulated before. Uh, so I found also the, the real experiment of what I proposed, the solutions and so on in, in position of a business guy was a, was a great thing to do.
0: Okay, now this is fascinating. When you mentioned that a lot of people took notice and they wanted to be a part of this. Um, so how did it happen? Did you have to do a lot of internal promotion? Did you use senior management? Did you engage middle management? What was your strategy to evangelize data and get people interested?
1: In fact, we go uh, through different ways. Uh, the first way was really internal promotion to several actors that I knew have could have needs uh, similar to to the ones I had. Uh, For example, uh, I focused at people uh, that analyzed a few messages uh from employees so i went to hr uh to say okay uh, we have that kind of solution to analyze the messages from our customers uh would you be interested to do that with employee messages and it turns out it turned out that yes uh they did uh i went to people doing social analytics uh because so far they were analyzing it with you know like uh manual ways or things like that, uh, and I knew that with the amount of data they had, uh, analyzing the messages was also key. So I started with, let's say, uh, use cases or entities that could have use cases close to mine to be able to do a self-promotion round, uh, and of course, a second way or more a management way uh, with senior leaders of the company, we exposed uh, to the solutions we developed, we exposed to also our vision of a data-driven company. Uh, I remember uh, me telling them that uh, uh, we are like an orchestra and uh, it doesn't take only one player uh, to play the data-driven symphony, but uh, we need a full orchestra to play that uh, so that they can feel really involved and to say that we can't be data-driven as a world uh, if everyone is not involved. Uh, So there is also that kind of of channel that was interesting to collect a few other people. Uh, And finally, the last thing we did was communicating and communicating and communicating a lot on our social internal networks and so on, uh, to be able to, you know, to reach people that are not at the senior level, that might be not the ones you targeted at first but that are still interested either to know what is possible to do or that have needs but have not in their close environment people that are able to help them. Uh, And so we leveraged it to find other people and we grew like that. Okay, that's amazing. So you basically
0: decided to launch that campaign, that attack on multiple fronts. Uh, Where did you experience the bottleneck? So what was the biggest challenge for you, if anything, you know, because a lot of times I know that it's super smooth and everything falls into place. But oftentimes, you experience resistance in different areas. Where did you experience the most of that?
1: I think there are two uh, two things that come to my mind on that part. The first one is about time and resources. Uh, people were very excited to, uh, to go to meetings, to gather together, to talk about these topics. Uh, the important point was to find what interested them really and what was worth their time. Uh, mostly because i decided also and we decided to connect people from business and from data so you have to identify well the topics you express the discussion you will have uh, so that people from the business are happy because you do not speak to technical and people from technical part are happy because we do not speak only about business and uh, and value uh, so let's say that the organization of it and the value for time invested uh, was, was was a big topic. Uh, and also for me, because um, in fact, at, I did uh, work on that guild, for example, uh, at the same time that I'm working on my other job. Uh, so even for me, the time was a constraint. Uh, we solved it this year by allocating a new people only for animation. Uh, so it really smoothed everything uh, because the guy was able to collect the things that people wanted to share to come back to them, to help them concretely build their use cases, to put it in the, the internal portfolio and so on. Uh, so it really uh, was, a, let's say, time-saving and a wonderful thing to, to, to recruit this guy uh, because it helped us a lot. So that's really the, the first point. Uh, and maybe the, the second one is about how do you prove the value of uh, this kind of action? Uh, we decided to, to look at simple indicators uh, and on simple, uh, uh, on things we gather together. For example, on some specific use cases, like the one I expressed about analyzing messages from surveys and so on, uh, we analyzed on new use cases like that that came, how much time we spent to, uh, uh, from the start to the production. Uh, and we monitored that it was really uh, decreasing the time each, <laughs> each time we have a new project. And we were happy at the end because, for example, we started uh, on my first topic, I think it took about a year to have a, a concrete uh, product to show. Uh, and on the last one that showed up, it was more about one week or two weeks to be able to do that. Uh, so we really progressed in that and we are looking at indicators like that uh, and maybe also the, the covering uh, in terms of entity and Michelin as, uh, as, as expansion indicators, but also on success indicators.
0: Hmm. When you hire that guy, I immediately thought that that was a real entrepreneurial move. This is this is usually the, the biggest chance for entrepreneurs as well to outsource activities properly and take that leap of faith, but then when you find the right person to do, to do the right job with very, with a very specific process, then the return on investment is huge. So um, that's interesting. And then how do you think that during this journey of you engaging the business and then bringing data closer to the business, how do you think that the perception of data changed throughout the organization? I mean, you've been there for 10 years, and I'm, 10 years is, a, is an immensely long time in the data world. But, but how do you think that perception of data analytics and data-driven working changed in Michelin over the 10, uh, the 10 years that you spent there?
1: I think it has changed a lot. Uh I mean that when I came in the company ten years ago, uh pretty much nobody was speaking about data, uh or really uh, really little little. <laughs> uh whereas now the world is present pretty much everywhere, every time. Uh so it really changed in the in the mindset. I would say that people now know that data is really important to take decisions. Uh, So I would say there's a real will from everybody to use data as often as possible, Uh, whereas a few years ago, it was more still about perception, about intuition, about doing studies uh, that could take long, uh, still working on experience because uh, before I was talking about experience analytics, but before we relied on experience feeling and so on uh, so now i really uh, even uh, if uh, in michelin where we relied on facts uh, but sometimes the facts were difficult to get and uh, as i mentioned on surveys uh, when you did something with a lot of potential data points at that point uh, at that date it was difficult to get the real uh statistics about that so you you focused on big statistics and on some feeling. Uh, whereas now, you're really working on the uh, on extracting the real value that lies into the data. You can go real deeper, uh, and there's a real concern about using data as much time as possible. Uh, still, uh, there's still a will in most of the cases. It means that, of course, when you have a big company like Michelin, even if we're progressing very fast uh, on that field, uh, you have still And it is, you have still people that do not have easy access to the data. Uh, So behind the wheel, uh, I think that there's still uh, habits, let's say, to install or things like that, to say to people, you must be active in sharing your data. uh, Because a lot of people are still waiting for data. Uh, what, which is good, we we went from okay, uh, there's data somewhere, but there might be data to okay, let's use data if we have uh, and now we need to go to okay, let's make sure that we have data, we share data and we can use data properly uh, wherever we are in Michelin uh, and so to do that we have to all uh, go a step further and to be aware that if we want to use data, we need to share it we need to all agree about uh, the way we share it so that we can retrieve it properly and so on. Of course, there are solutions in the market or sometimes internally developed in uh, companies that help to do that in the management of data. Uh, but, but I think that it's really the, the place we are in. Uh, some entities are well advanced, but we need to go a step further on that. Uh, mm, so what is your aspirational vision for michelin when it comes
0: to data-driven ways of working what is that uh, what is that place that you would like to have the company in when uh, if if we could just maybe run that thought experiment of in an ideal world everything goes well uh, where would you like to lead that data-driven initiative within michelin and then i will have some questions about uh, how to
1: actually get there (laughs) great great So yes, if I, if I'm talking in my, in my dreams, uh, that we talk, for example, for, for, for the NLP part, uh, I would really like that anyone in Michelin, uh, identifies something that can be useful for him, that can create value, uh, that he would have simple ways to do it. Uh, I even talk in the guild easy and fast way to implement technologies that can be useful for, to, to build value for the business. Uh, and it's really that it means I have a, I have a need. I can find easily either a tool or a guy uh, that will help me to implement what is needed to have a first idea of would it solve my need? Uh, does it answer to it? Uh, then if it's the case, and I would say that this might take half a day or one day, uh, and not weeks, as I was mentioning before. Uh, So you just do it in pretty much no time. And then if it's useful, you have easy ways to contact uh, people that can industrialize or a platform that can industrialize it for you. Uh, You can really put it in your common dashboard if necessary and so on. But really, I think it about a smooth data experience for people where people are aware of what they can do. Uh, with data, either themselves or with the local relay. It's why I really like the position of data analysts. Uh, and in my position in internal audit, quality, and so on, I pushed so that we have data analysts from, from business uh, that are trained uh, on data so that they can have really this deep business knowledge, but also the knowledge of what they can do with data simply and so on. So let's say that coming from a business problem, to a data solution in an easy way, it being for proof of concept and then industrialization. And I would just add something about the fact that you can monitor the value created and adjust if necessary. So at the same time, the easiness, uh, the, the, the rapidity to do it, but also the possibility to pivot and to, uh, and to improve uh, continually the, the thing in an, entrepreneurial way, if I come back to your terms. Mm,
0: and I would lo- love to then also explore each of those areas. Uh, what do you think, before we get there, what do you think that that this would allow Michelin to do that the that the business is just not capable of right now? What would this enable? Uh, what would this really, uh, what would be the impact on Michelin as a business if this aspirational vision, this dream that you have would actually become a
1: reality? I think it will unlock a lot of potential uh, that is uh, now lying uh, into, uh, you know, into, in fact, into uh, into databases, <laughs> just re- uh, just uh, resting down and uh, not be ro- being worried to be uh, to be contacted by someone that wants to use it. Uh, I really think that when you start doing that and push into people fast and easy ways uh, to build let's say proof of concept, solutions that use the data, you unlock a lot of potential because you will be able to cross data from many fields uh, and really you will be able to create a lot of value. If I give a quick example uh, that was working for experience analytics on customers that are, uh, are dealers and so on, you know if there is a dealer that is saying something about machine, So 10 years ago, you read it, and you say, okay, I have to do something with it. Now you will be able to identify all the customers that are saying, for example, I have not seen the sales representative for ten months, let's say or twelve months or anything, because you will be identified to able to identify these kind of topics. Uh, if you identify that, then you will unlock the power of the commercial guy saying, "Okay, uh commercial director would say, "Okay, I want to see what are the sales representatives associated to it uh, to be able to identify and to connect to the visits of the sales representatives that have been there to be okay the guy is saying that is it just an impression? Is it really something real if it 's just an impression, then we have to make better impression when we go see him because he doesn 't remember that we have been there if it 's not an impression, then maybe we have to reinforce our visits or to maybe find another way of." Uh, doing business with this customer. Uh, So really, you're starting to unlock this kind of potential by connecting databases and putting into the ends of business uh, things they do not have. Uh, and it's really endless because if you do that, then another guy maybe from marketing uh, will say, okay, uh, I will launch maybe a new campaign. The previous one have not worked out with this kind of customers. They have complained of that. They have not been seen. And then you grow up on that and you unlock more and more business potential, for example, on that field uh, by just analyzing uh, more and more and deeper and deeper by unlocking the data potential of each entity that will build upon what has been built in other places uh to go faster uh, faster and to uh, in fact to increase the business in that case but you can definitely imagine it to increase the customer or employee satisfaction to reduce time loss in in tasks that are not useful uh and this can be uh, plenty of uh, of uh, of things in a in a company like uh, like michin this is a great example
0: because a lot of times what we notice over the years is that data is still being dissociated from actual business results, even in the minds of people. So this just shows so well that there are real stakes. So this is real revenue lost. This is real potential in terms of how people enjoy working at Michelin, you know, the kind of successes that they get, the, the momentum that the business can build. So this is absolutely real. It's not just about numbers and technology but actual results on the front lines of the business and uh, it has immense impact on the brand value and your sales directly so uh, there's definitely a lot to gain and a lot to lose in this data in this data game for big companies so when you think about your dream vision there's obviously a huge return on investment there so what's the gap what's the nature of the gap for, between where you are now and where you would like to get, what do you see as being the biggest challenge for you right now when you try to instill that data-driven working? And we can spend some time maybe on the questions of data-driven culture, uh, data governance, data access, as you mentioned it. So now for you as a data leader, if you think about your plan of attack, um, where do you see the, the key battles to take place? <sighs>
1: Uh, it's it's an important question, and there's a lot to do uh, on, on this field. Uh, I say that my first uh, battle is on data culture. Uh, we've already done a lot on it, uh, because I think that when I when I put data culture, I see different you know, different layers. The first one that I want to reach is really people really doing what they can do or cannot do with data. Uh, it's really true for NLP where we try to put a lot of conferences on and a lot of sessions with people from Michelin expecting, uh, explaining their concrete use cases, uh, saying what they achieved, what they were not able to achieve also because we want also to break the, the data magic that people can see sometimes and think, okay, I put my data in and I will have a lot of, uh, of value just uh, by giving my data and not putting any effort out of that. So really, the first thing we want to achieve is, okay, what is real, what is not real, what can you do, what you can do, and what are the efforts associated? That's uh, that's one of our first big The second thing is really building a strategy. Uh, on this strategy, we want to focus, and we try to focus now uh, on what we can gather. Uh, to give a quick example, on NLP, there are technologies that exist that may give a lot of benefits uh, in not a lot uh, of time uh, that are quite spread, like chatbots or things like that. Uh, So what we had is we identified all people interested in that, we built some RFP and so on, uh, and we built a whole process to identify one partner that can fit most of the needs or all the needs in uh, in our cases. Uh, And we want to do it even more on the use case that that are widely used. So it means for topic modeling, for other things that are quite common and people have similar needs in terms of technologies, then we want to have good platforms, good solutions, so that we can spread. Uh, it's what we call quick wins, in fact, in our terms. It's really we want to identify the quick wins. It means people that have already proven some value in their fields, and we know that there are other needs. We want to provide to all the others easy ways to go there, to get there, and to unlock the potential, to be able to go to the next steps and to the next layers. So it's really Culture and strategy are are two first elements. Uh, And the third one is about access, Uh, access to the data, uh, because there's a a good uh, will to access to the data, but it is sometimes difficult. So we want to improve it to make easy access to the data. Data easy to understand because having easy access is not sufficient. You need to have a good explanation of the data and what we, we have you have in the database. And also easy access to the models uh, we used. It means that we're trying to develop uh, something that when in a common product, there are data scientists that takes time to train the models, that business have taken time to annotate data and so on, we want to be able to reuse it and to give it to the community to be reused in future products, to be uh, potentially used in proof of concept by businesses, data analysts, and so on. So the really is triptych, the culture, the strategy, and the access. Mm. So what
0: you're saying is basically that the the culture aspect and also uh, the enablement that's important to... Ultimately, shift the, perspe- uh, the, the perspective of people and how they perceive data now, once you have that, I imagine that data driven working is not just data driven thinking just the fact that you know someone sees the value in data or just the fact that someone has access to data does necessar- do- doesn't necessarily mean that they will change their way of working so in that kind of grand effort of Educating the business, uh, how how important do you think communications and uh, storytelling is? So I'm kind of leading the witness here, uh, but I would be <laughs> I would be interested in your take based on your years of experience. Now that apart from your technical know how, which is super important, and having everything lined up on the on the technological side, how important uh, were the soft skills of communicating with people, building relationships,
1: and telling impactful stories? It's really important and it's important in all the parts, but for data, it's uh, all the parts of the job, it means data, but also when you have a new business and so on. But for data, it's very important to to tell stories uh, because in fact, and we've seen it in machine. if you just talk about a use case and that's it, uh, okay, people, it's nice to know, but I, I don't really get, you know, what was behind it, what which value you get, Uh, in fact, why you get there, in fact, why did you choose to use this kind of data? What did it bring and what are the next steps for you? Uh, For example, if I talked about the customer experience, if I just say, okay, uh, uh, we do uh, analyze the feedbacks and put it in categories, okay, but it has no value. So uh, uh, said like that, you're just... Okay, spending your time putting some uh, annotation uh, in front of rows, it's great, but uh, what do you do with that? Uh, if I say what I explained to you uh, before, it means, okay, let's start by analyzing uh, the messages. It will help us to identify the categories to give it to the right entities so that they can take actions to improve the experience of the customers. And we identified that in sales or in customer satisfaction based on these elements, we had an improvement. There's a different story. There's a story. uh, And people can see, okay, you did that. uh, You achieved that maybe you have difficulties doing that okay you were not able to identify all the categories or some of them were not present because there too few uh, too few uh, too few numbers uh, of messages talking about it but you you get some value or at least you, you identified the value you would get and you were able to measure it uh, and this is very important that's why we tried to to achieve on the conference and the presentation of the use cases it means that when we're going to to someone to tell uh, the story of the use cases we built, we really want to put the full package, not only what has been achieved technically, because this is very interesting for the technical guys, uh, but you need to convince the business people that they will win time, that they will win sales, that they will, win, they will have benefits out of it. Uh, because, of course, if you tell them Let's be data-driven. They will say, okay, yes, we should be data-driven. It's facts and so on. And it's modern, so it's cool. Uh, but the, when you really bring them into your world is when you tell them the real story of, okay, this is what we can do and this is what you can get out of it. If you succeed to do that, yes, they will come to your uh, meetings. They will tell you what they need. Uh, and I found something really important in that field. I, I talked about the guys that joined us and I think that's something he, he does very well. It means that it, it takes, it takes time with people, uh, not only to talk about, okay, what is possible or not, but really about, okay, what is your really need, your real need? Why do you need that? Why do you need that? Uh, and coming with the wise, having information about what we can do and focusing on, okay, but how do we measure even in the early stage, how will we measure the success of it? What would you see as a success for this project or for this product? Um, and by doing that, taking time, because I think that in this communication and, telling, uh, and storytelling te- part of the data, it's really important to have someone that can take time to do it really properly. Uh, it really st- help people. And I think that uh, f- since he arrived, we had more than 10 or 15 new use cases uh, on NLP. Uh, he has not been there for a long time, but really it improved the way that people see it, understand it, and are able to push it uh, into the process. Because if you don't go all that way with some accompaniment, people get the message but might be not totally convinced or if they're convinced, they might not have the time to identify what they should do to put a new project and so on. So it really helped us a lot. Mm.
0: Jean-François, I think this will be a wonderful point to finish on because it was so well said. And I also want to let you go. I know you're a busy man and that the data-driven change will not evangelize itself over at Michelin, but I immensely enjoyed the conversation, genuinely. It was really good. We will have a lot to work with. Um, in this particular interview. uh, Just as a a final uh, word of advice for your fellow entrepreneurs and data leaders. Now we're um, in the 2020s, right? It's promising to be a very exciting decade for everyone who is involved in data. What would be your personal recommendation for anyone
1: who would like to make lasting change in their businesses? I would say focus on people. It's really uh, something that is generally said, but really people is important. And in fact, the example I just presented before saying that one guy us a lot is really expressing that. It means that, in fact, it's because there's a guy that takes time to go to see other people, to evangelize and so on, uh, that we can do so much change. Uh, And I really think that the change is coming more from people than from tools. Tools will always find the right tools to do what we want to do, but what we need is people helping other people to identify the value and the and what they want to tell with their data uh, for their businesses. So the value they want to create uh, that is important. So my advice is really focus on people and on the value you can deliver to them. Fantastic. Well, Jean-François, thank you very
0: much for your input. This has been a fun conversation and highly educational. And uh, we hope to see you on the show some other time. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Thank you.